Today we tackle the question, is it wrong to care about what is happening in government? We also discuss when political preoccupation becomes toxic and damaging to our Christian walk here on Soul Zero Two. And welcome to Soul Zero Two. This is the podcast that is putting the oxygen back into the Christian life one soul at a time. And today we ask this simple question, you know, uh, is government bad? Is it bad to care? And I, I titled it, Why I Choose why I chose God as my savior, not government, when preoccupation with politics becomes toxic. And it was kind of like a wordy title. Um, but let me just put it this way. Uh, there's a scripture that that I came across because it's, it's hard finding scriptures with that deal with government in the Bible in terms of, uh, and connect them to what's happening today, let's say. And we find that today we have so many things happening politically that we have to care about that we that we should think about and pray about and take stands against absolutely uh, if if we really follow Christ if we really follow Jesus we have to take a stand there's no question about it and but here's a scripture I want to give you that that kind of um, just says a lot okay about how to navigate it many people seek the face of a ruler but it is from the Lord that one receives justice Proverbs 29, 26. And this scripture is one that speaks of the idea that that uh, when we when we uh, are trying to find our way, let's say, to navigate issues of government, this, this scripture can really speak to that in a powerful way. And so let's dive in a little bit today. Some people say, well, I care. What's the problem? I care, what's the problem, right? And so, because we care, that's the problem. Because sometimes we care too much. Is it wrong to care about what is happening in human government, especially when a particular administration is inherently evil? Absolutely not. In fact, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he wrote letters and papers from prison in a time where his government, ruled by Hitler, threw him in jail, for sedition and conspiracy. And Bonhoeffer wrote, and I quote, he, he said this, if I sit next to a madman as he drives a car into a group of innocent bystanders, I can't as a Christian simply wait for, for the catastrophe and then com uh, comfort the wounded and bury the dead. I must try to wrestle the steering wheel out of the hands of the driver. And I think he says such a powerful point and you can see why people like Martin Luther King were influenced by Bonhoeffer because of these powerful sayings. So the point is, Christians should try to do all they can to change the toxic culture of harmful governments. We should run for office, we should write letters, we should protest, lobby, take a stand. We should care deeply about our country in every way, especially with its moral decline and the draconian legislation that is being forced on, a, on our lives every day, right? It seems that right has become wrong and wrong has become right. And what was once considered false is now true and identity has become the new politic as our country slips more and more into depravity. And that's a mouthful, but it's true, in my opinion, when you read the Bible, that is. But this has led many Christians 
and moralists into deep visceral rea reactions. You know, visceral reactions are when you get really ticked. It's a gut feeling and you just, you lose it. Uh, they react to what ha some have termed the woke agenda. And thus many have placed their hopes on who will be elected next in the White House believing that the right person will make the country righteous and bring it back to a semblance of what seems normal to us, right? If you're a Christian, that is. Whoever takes the reins will straighten everything out and bring everything back into line. That's, that's the goal and the hope of many. But this begs another question. Is having too much confidence and hope in the next leader unspiritual or unscriptural? And I think we have to ask those questions because those questions are are what, you know, they, they help us to stimulate conversation here. And and th this is a question that that I've run into as a pastor many times because I, I've, I know so many Christians and, you know, we have those that are on this side and those that are on that side. And, and during COVID, it was really at heightened. And, and I believe that covid uh when when it happened to all of us um it wasn't just the the sickness that happened but what it exposed in so many of us of of how we treat each other as christians because so many christians had just stopped loving each other through all this and and they just kind of demonize those christians and they say well you, you know you're this and you're that so this begs this question is having too much confidence and hope in the next leader unspiritual or unscriptural after all, think about this. The Jews waited millennia for Messiah to come and make the world right. The problem was, in their case, that when Messiah finally came, he came in a way that they did not expect. And he did not directly topple the Roman government and put the Jews back on top the way they were expecting. Rather, he sowed the seeds of a kingdom that would grow and expand and transform until, as Revelation 11.15 puts it, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Messiah. This is clearly a transgenerational vision, one that will span ages for it to be accomplished. But we are, and I would call it this, we are time challenged. When I say time challenge, I mean that I, I'm convinced that since we are bound by time as human beings, we tend to see multi-generational promises that God makes in the scriptures through the lens of our single generation, and that God's full intentions are somehow being all fulfilled in our time or in my time. Thus, in their waning years, Many of our parents and grandparents were convinced that it was in their generation that Christ would return. And this was naive at best and narcissistic at worst. Even worldly thinkers, secular thinkers, don't assume instant justice in their time. Thus it has been said, though the mills of the gods grind slowly, yet they grind exceedingly small. And, and this is, this is uh, something that that a, a historian said, of course, but, and I may have it here. Well, we don't have it here, but, um, but I'll read it to you again. Though the mills of the gods grind slowly, yet they grind exceedingly, exceedingly small. Though with patience he stands waiting, with exactness he grinds all. And this talks about the wheels of justice, how they turn slowly, but for sure. And even people who maybe are non-Christians, get it, that it takes time to get justice. 
So seeking for trans transformational answers in all the wrong places. Th this is this is what I'm thinking about now. You know about where we're going in, in this talk today. So enter Proverbs twenty nine twenty six, the the scripture I just read, and I'll show it to you again. This scripture says, "Many people seek the face of a ruler, but it is from the Lord that one receives justice." This scripture speaks to every generation that becomes overly preoccupied with who is in charge. When we do this, it is no different than seeking the face of the ruler for, trans, for transformational answers that only God can bring. And we find that first century Christians never anticipated swapping out the evil Roman government for a Jewish government as the ultimate spiritual answer. That was not their goal. Rather, they focused on the kingdom that was not built by human hands. And that's 2 Corinthians 5.1. Human kingdoms come and go. They swell with power and strength and arrogance until they fall. But what God builds is eternal and cannot be shaped by an earthly kingdom. Similarly, the prophet Isaiah faced a fearful nationalistic culture that was rife with gossip about political intrigue and evil designs. So the Lord reproved Isaiah with these words when he said, he warned me to, to, he warned me not to act like the people. This is Isaiah speaking. God told him this. He warned me not to act like the people. Do not say conspiracy every time these people say the word. Don't be afraid of what scares them. Don't be terrified. You must recognize the authority of the Lord who commands armies. He is the one who you must respect. He is the one you must fear. This is a mouthful, the scripture. And the scripture is powerful because it tells us that that God is saying, don't give in to the culture's gossip of, of what is happening, all the fears that they're going through about political intrigue and evil and designs and all these things. Don't focus on that. Focus on what God is doing, what God wants to build. So though Christians should stand against evil, absolutely. A Christian's primary responsibility is not to fight for a government they want, but to contend for a kingdom that will last forever. We should be grieved for the evil happening in the world around us. And we should do what we can to change it. But that is not a primary calling. We must always keep in mind that God's primary mandate for us in our lives is to bring salvation and hope to a broken world. The unsaved cannot act saved until they are saved. And legislation or legislative coercion, let's say, legislative coercion can force physical compliance among the people but it will never transform human nature. It is only by the power of the Holy Spirit bringing the revelation of Christ into a soul that transformation happens. So what I'm suggesting today is, don't give up your fight, but find a balance. Fight for what is right, yet always reflect God's image to the broken world. Anchor your hopes, your dreams, your trust, not in humanly constructed systems, but in the Lord Jesus Christ and, and on the eternal kingdom that He has unveiled. So if you like this podcast, please leave a like and check us out on Facebook. And we are on we are on uh, YouTube, Buzzsprout, Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, Facebook.com and, and all these places. And so share it with a friend and, and uh, check us out. OK, so until next time, I'm so glad to be with you. God bless you.